Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores, with myself, Steve Nussbaum. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, myself, Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 331, and just to take a moment, say thanks to everyone who tuned into our show last week. It's been a bit of a tough week for the Orient family. Uh, we send our condolences to Derek Reynolds' family, and uh, yeah, we've lost uh, another one uh, of the family, um, which we're you know, quite sombre about as we record this. We're going to go through the Lincoln game, um, although it should be noted that that game may need to be replayed, depending on a meeting, the outcome of a meeting at the EFL later this week. But we're going to go through what happened in this uh, Lincoln game. We've also got our uh, delightful win uh, against Reading, uh, and we're going to catch up on some news, a little bit of news that's happened over the last seven days. But as always, we start with a word from the podcast sponsor. Yeah, certainly will do. So our sponsors, as you probably know, are Carol Langley Florist, who are based in Chingford and have served the borough of Waltham Forest for more than the last 70 years. They're a fantastic team of florists, are here for all your needs. They specialise in anything from bespoke wedding events to family funeral tributes to birthdays, anniversaries, you name it, they can do it. And they offer all O's fans and staff 15% off, which could be a huge saving for you. So if you're interested in uh, getting any flowers from Carol Langley Flores, you can get in touch with them by calling the shop on the phone on 0208 529 Or you can go to their website, which can be found at www.carolangley.co.uk. Uh, or you can go on social media. They can be found on all the big platforms you want to go on. You can find them on Instagram at Carol Langley Flores. On Twitter, at Carol Langley E4. Or you can find the guys on Facebook at Carol Langley Flores. So some great work from John and the team over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Christmas coming up soon. Yeah. Loads of events you'll need flowers for. So if you need flowers, look no further than the lovely peeps at Carol Langley Flores. Absolutely. So we move on then to quite a big update from the Supporters Club this week. Travelling to Carlisle on Saturday the 14th of October, at the moment that is, with coaches departing at half past seven, they're going to cost £44 for an adult, £41 for a concession, and kids are just £22. And remember, those prices don't include your matchday ticket. To book on that trip, you're now going to need to call the travel line on 07507 539 579. Yeah, as well as the trips, there's two other things to tell you about. The Supporters Club have got their first beer festival of the season taking place on Thursday, the 26th of October. Doors opening for this one at 4pm. And before we start recording this episode, we had a lovely message from Linda at the Supporters Club asking us to say a huge thank you from David Dodd and the committee to all their fabulous members who came together and raised just over a £1,000 in Derek's memory yesterday. Splendid work there from the Supporters Club. So the money will be split between the JE Free Foundation and a charity which will be at the family's cat charity. Cat charity at the yeah. family's request. So some great work there from the Supporters Club and great to see that amount of money being raised yeah. by everyone. Well done. Yep, and thanks to Linda for sending us that message in. So let's move on then to the week that was. On Happy Monday, the 2nd of October, following the ladies' win against Biggleswade Town in the FA Cup at last weekend, they were drawn at home to Wroxham FC with the tie to be played on Sunday, the 22nd of October. So that's later this month. Yeah, good luck to the ladies yeah. in that one. Also, Monday, the club announced that three youngsters have gone out on loan. So Charlie Pegram has joined National League Southside Tunbridge Angela 
and Sahid Nalo Angels. Angels and Mali St. Louis has joined Isthmian League side Erif and Belvedere who are three steps below the National League good luck to all three I mean it's some, we're only four minutes into this some crazy team names in this one already <laughs> Biggles Wade Town Roxham FC Tunbridge Angels and Erif and Belvedere yeah, Belvedere yeah, there you go. crazy good luck to those gents I mean Charlie Pegram played a right amount of decent League One pre-season. football he had a good pre-season hopefully he'll go and get a, a decent loan spell there and he, you imagine he'll end up in the National League at some point on the loan spell if he does well at Tunbridge Angels pretty sure that is the plan yes. for him nominations for the September Goal of the Month award open with the nominees being Joe Piggott for his goal against Exeter where he controlled it on the test and his chest and turned and shot Royal Satiri versus Exeter his curling shot from some distance, that was a pretty good goal. Omar Beckles' goal uh, against Peterborough, where him and Joe Piggott are vying to head that in uh, the back of the net. And Ruel's goal against Shrewsbury, his poacher's goal. So, what do you think? Which one? There was only going to be one for me when I saw that list of nominations. It had to be Satiri against Exeter. Yeah, agree. Absolutely Bangs agree. it in from outside the box. Last minute winner. Limbs in the away end. Yeah. yeah. It had to be. So, let's go on into Tehuda Tuesday, the 3rd of October. And at 6pm, the club announced that Royal Satu had indeed won the September goal of the Mark strike against Exeter. So well done to Royal. And we look hopefully forward to many more great goals this season and many very close goal of the month competitions. Amen to that. So let's move on then to the main event of the day, which was Lincoln City at home. At 6.45, the teams were announced with Sol Brinning goal with Turns, Cooper, Happy and Hunt uh, across the back with Brown, Elmiz, Sanders, Archibald, Satiriu and Piggott making up the start in 11. Substitutes for this one were Howes, James, Sweeney, Pratty, Monker, Graham and Drynan. Yep, so that starting lineup meant five changes from the last those lineup as in came Omar, sorry, as Omar Beckles, Tom James, Darren Prattley and George Monker and Jordan Graham all dropped out of starting 11. I mean, that's a fairly experienced yeah. group of players dropping out of the 11. And coming in were Ed Turns, Dan Happy, Jordan Brown, Max Sanders, and Rob Hunt. Mm. So I thought we might see a few changes, but a bit of legend. What were your views when you saw that team? Yeah, I think it's interesting that so many changes have been made. You know, some of those players have been desperate to be given an opportunity. When we were yeah. fortunate enough to go into the dressing room uh, recently, we spoke to Max Sanders, and you could sense the frustration that he's got and wanting that opportunity and chomping at the bit to do that. Same with Ed Turns. You know, he'd gone away on international duty and his place had been given to someone else, naturally, and that person had been doing very well. So he was then fighting for his uh, place. But now they've got that opportunity. They really have to take it and and show what they can do with that shirt and make sure that it's theirs to lose rather than someone else's just to sort of very quickly uh, gain. We know that Beckles is injured. Graham had a tight hamstring, so... You know, he makes the bench at least. Archibalds and Sanders play against their former clubs as well. So that was always interesting when you're playing against uh, your former club. But yeah, decent, strong lineup with a strong bench as well. Yeah, I mean, we touched upon the ex-club uh, aspect in last week's podcast. And we yeah. said, Juicy Galbraith being suspended, Sanders might actually get a starting mm-hmm. place, and, which he has. But more changes than what I expected. But look, we lost Fleet away to Fleetwood in the last game. And changes had to be made due to that disappointing defeat. So all for that... Like you, some big opportunities for players coming in. I mean, Ed Turns and Sanders weren't even in the last squad on the Saturday, and now they're starting. So mm. big opportunities uh, for them. So we had a, a few comments, a few tweets that came in to us on Twitter. We'll mention uh, the highlight ones that came in. Phil VZ1, so surprise Graham is on the bench. 
but a huge opportunity for Sanders. Yeah, Rich Denham said changes were needed. These look to be the wrong ones, but I hope Richie proves me wrong. Yeah, all right. So the match got underway under the lights at Brisbane Road. It was uh, £10 tickets and kids for a quid. Mm. And in the first minute of this one, Solbrin was tested following a long throw into the box. And following a bit head tennis, Romans flicked on header, was goal-bound. Solbrin did well to stretch his arms out and tip the ball away for a corner. Fair to say Lincoln started this one quite aggressively. Good start from them. Yeah, and, and I didn't realise how long-limbed Solbrin is. He's really quite tall and quite gangly, isn't he? He's got quite long long arms, so naturally uh, good for a goalkeeper. Stretch Armstrong. Absolutely, Mr Tickle. Uh, we had our <laughs> first shot on target, though, in the sixth minute after Joe Piggott's first touch. Although it was poor, he did well to retain possession. He managed to feed Max Sanders. His shot from about 20 yards out ended up being a bit of a comfortable save for Jensen in the Lincoln goal. Yeah, in the 10th minute, though, the O's took the lead. As Roman's clearance was pounced on by the pressing Rogsateri, who'd done really well. He won the ball, held off his man, and fired the ball across the face of goal. And Joe Piggott was under unmarked to tap the ball home to make it 1-0 to the O's. Yeah, great goal from Ruel. Outstanding from him, actually. Piggott had an easy job to do, and I think he needed that goal. An easy goal just to kind of, you know, dust away some of the cobwebs or some of the get that monkey off his back, so to speak. So, you know, what however it came off his shin pad, off his mm. bottom, off his calf, whatever it was. And Ruel takes the credit there for doing all the hard work for me. He does, he gets a big A against it, but obviously, you know, when you look back on the game, if it is still a valid goal, Piggott's name will be under the scorer. So Yeah, that's yeah, fine. good. Like we said, doesn't matter how they go in for him. Tappings, just go eight yarders, yeah. heads, feet, yeah, absolutely. All right, 18 minutes in. Idris Almazuni did well. He found Max Sanders, who weaved his <coughs> way around the Lincoln box and had a shot that got deflected out for a corner. And we're going to fast forward now, uh, 18 minutes to the 36th minute. Dan Happy went down, he needed treatment. Thankfully, he was able to carry on, though. Yeah, absolutely. 42nd minute, and a good move from Lincoln, as Adelukan was found with a defence splitting pass. His powerful shot was higher. And over, so brilliant goal. Yeah, bit of a let off there. I think he, you know, that was a great chance for them. Good ball through, unfortunately, um, and that guy should have done better. He shouldn't be Rosette in that uh, for me, but great for us. I thought Brind done well actually with his positioning. Like, didn't show a lot of the far post to the attacker who obviously tried to beat him at the near post and blazed over. I think Brind actually does quite well there. So Fair three fun. added minutes went up on the board, and Lincoln had a glorious chance to equalise as a cross from the left was played onto Hedda Hackett, and from close range he headed wide. He should have scored that. Mm. He really should have scored that. Yeah. Lucky to get away with that one. Yeah, absolutely agree. No further talking points. And the half ended with the O's holding on just about to a 1-0 lead. Attendance for this one was 8,101 with 592 recorded away fans. Yeah. Decent, decent effort from them on a Tuesday night because Lincoln's two, two and a half hours depending on where exactly the ground is. So yes. that's really decent effort. And £10 as well for the away fans which is always a good incentive for them yeah, to get in the ground. James Eastwood 83 tweeted us at half time said I'm a big fan of the way Richie has got the team playing and building it at the back. And in transition we do look good. I just wish though despite his goal we had more up top. Come on you O's now let's get the three points. Yeah, Kid Samson I said 10 minutes of liquid football dominance and 35 minutes of hacking it about aimlessly and surviving by the seat of our pants. Our defence is shakier than a Robin Reliant going <laughs> over cobblestones at 60 miles an hour. Can't say I've seen worse worse 45 from El Miz. We've got to liven up. Okay. Really interesting viewpoint. Absolutely. Because there were at times where they had us penned uh, and they had possession. You know, they're not a two-bob side. They're a decent side. You know, they're experienced in League One. They've got a good manager with some good players that he's put together. Um, 
It's an interesting angle. Yeah, I mean, it was a close game. We certainly, you know, won uh, outplaying by any stretch of the imagination. Mark Sa- Max Sanders was having a very good half against his ex-club that he thought he might do. Anyway, there were some good um, performances on the pitch. Jamie 0081870 said, I think the midfield of Eddie, Sanders and Brown seems to have a great passing range mm. and technical ability, which we have been needing. Rail is more valuable than he gets credit for. Good point about Eddie Sanders and Brown. It's uh, a great combo who, again, on paper, probably isn't a first-team combo, or not the one you would think would be the best. But look, sometimes the three individuals who maybe aren't the most standout but when you put them together as a combined Correct. combination, some of the parts could be the best. I mean, that's a very tenacious midfield you've got. It's a very athletic, short, long pass. Yeah, it's a good combination. Not one who I honestly would have had down as a starting midfield combo. No. But given the first 45 minutes in this game anyway, impressed me. I must say they did impress me. Paul Red Rum tweeted saying, playing good football, it's amazing if you play good midfielders that can pass. The only negative is Piggott. I know he scored, but what else has he done? He never even jumps for the ball. Take him off. I'm sure people aren't listening to this podcast for the first time, but if they are, I think most of these tweets so far have been very anti-Piggott. And that's just, I guess, the feeling of the fan base that is giving in tweets at the moment. Bear in mind that Piggott scored, and he scored in that first 45 minutes. There's still most... Right place, right tweets. They're still going. He needs to be doing more. So an interesting, lots of interesting tweets at halftime, to be fair, uh, from everyone. So thank you for sending yours in. So there were no changes for the O's at halftime. Lincoln got the second half underway. And just three minutes into this half, Sobrin made a great save with his legs after delivery into our box for Hamilton getting under it. And from about six yards, Bruin managed to make the save. Yeah, straight up the other end, though, Jensen had to make a save in the 49th minute from Jordan Brown's smart strike, which was going... Uh, in at the near post. Yeah, good save that actually. Brown connected really well with it yeah. and keep it done well. 57th minute in, the O's had a great opportunity to double the lead. Brown led the O's forward. He found Joe Piggott with a superb pass. Piggott one touch, fired the ball over the bar. Should have done much better there. Should have done much better. He'd be disappointed there, but maybe that's just a player that's a little bit low on confidence. Scored a goal in the first half. Yeah, but you know, one swallow don't make a summer. You know, it's, <laughs> you, you'd like to think that, but you know, with what we now attend, this is our eleventh game, as 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 you know, as it potentially could be. You know what I mean? He could still be getting a cobweb. Oh, mate, he should have. There's no doubt in my mind. He should have hit the target at least from there. He blazed that over. And you're thinking, mate, you've just scored. You should be full of. Yeah, whatever it is, I what, makes a stri- what makes a strike. But that's not how the mind works, unfortunately, no. in human beings. Absolutely. All right, 66 minute in, double change for the O's. Max Sanders and Ross Atiri were replaced by Aaron Jynan and Darren Pratley. Like I said, fair to say, I'm not going to give our views on this one, obviously, from from what obviously is a consequence of the game. But Max Sanders, I think, done very well. I think a lot yeah. of people around us, especially at time, are like, Max Sanders is right to be a yeah. player here. Yeah. I think a few people were like pleasantly surprised by how good he was. And Jordan Brown again, I, I I can't remember the last time Jordan Brown was on a pitch and you've gone, he wasn't up to much, was he, Jordan Brown? Yeah. Every week when he plays, you end up going, Jordan Brown was one of the was one of the Solid man of the seven or eight. There's yeah. always a potential for man and a match. Always speaks about Jordan Brown after. Hundred percent. Yeah. You're right. It's a shame that Max broke his toe. Um, early on otherwise we would have seen much more of it yeah. I think um, and the midfield probably wouldn't be such a surprise to us because it would have probably been played earlier uh, anyway circumstances 76 minutes third change for the O's as <laughs> Joe Piggott ended up being replaced by Jordan Graham 77 minutes a great counter attack led by Theo Archibald down the left his superb long pass found the head of Idris El Mazzouni 
the Jensen made the save for a corner. That was a beautiful... Archibald's pass was... Unbelievable. Absolute... That was literally on Idris's head. That was Dean Cox-esque. 100%. That is going on Five pence. That, and he'd be disappointed, Idris, that he didn't bury that. That would have been game set. Again, you can argue he should have scored at that point, but Jensen made a good save, to be fair. Yeah. The final change for Richie Wellens uh, followed as Tom James came on to replace... Dan Happy and a slight reshuffle of the defence then took place. Okay, all right. So here is obviously where we're going to kind of recollect on what happened in this game. So there was a pause in the 83rd minute. And again, this is from our perspective and what's been noted. As a fan invaded the pitch and was led away following some noise in the northern end of the East Stand, as it started to appear that a fan had been taken seriously ill as stewards rushed to help with another fan in rushing on the pitch as the game had restarted. And again, looking like the fans were trying to get the game stopped and were heading for the referee. Yeah, meanwhile, some fans in the North Stand sat on the pitch trying to get the match stopped with Richie Wellens going over and asking them to leave while the referee brought the players off the pitch, apparently following EFL protocols. Yeah, okay. so whilst this was happening, it was clear that the fan had suffered a life-threatening situation as they were now being given CPR on the side of the pitch as the crowd watched in, in disbelief. And stewards eventually put guarded sheets over the person who was taken ill as the medics continued their life-saving treatment with fans still on the ground and an announcement over their tunnel every 10 to 15 minutes. The game was eventually abandoned at 10.25pm due to the ongoing medical emergency as an announcement was made in the ground and on social media. Yeah, and then at half past 11, the club put out the following tweet Tweet said Tuesday's fixture against Lincoln City was abandoned due to a medical emergency in the East End of Brisbane Road. The thoughts of everyone at Leighton Night Football Club are with the individual involved and their loved ones at this distressing time. The club would like to thank all supporters in attendance at Brisbane Road this evening for the understanding and compassion shown during a very difficult situation, and the club will provide a further update in due course. Absolutely. So let's move on then to Wednesday the 4th of October as this does continue into the next day naturally. Mid-morning uh, the Independent broke news that a fan had been taken ill, had actually passed away and this was sadly confirmed by the club in the early afternoon as they put out a statement, part of which reads Late Orient Football Club is devastated to confirm that supporter Derek Reynolds has passed away. Derek, 74, became unwell at Brisbane Road during Tuesday evening's league fixture against Lincoln City. And despite the best efforts of Derek's fellow supporters and medical professionals from the club's on-site paramedics and doctors, Lincoln City and the London Ambulance Services, sadly, he lost his life. Yeah, it went on to say Derek was a lifelong O supporter and he lived in Osborne Road, a short walk from the ground for many years. As well as being a lifelong fan, Derek was heavily involved in the club and managed the club's tunnel system during the 1990s. So, obviously, I think, like Paul said, we send our uh, condolences to Derek's family and friends. I mean, it's unbelievable, really, that you go to a football, football game and never on a Tuesday. It's shocking, really. And obviously, being in the ground on, on Tuesday night, it was obviously very, very sad and unnerving. Hopefully, everyone is okay after that, because it was it was fairly... I mean, we obviously, it's well known we sit in the south stand, so we were probably as far away from it as what you could be, mm. I think it's fair to say. But even from the south stand, it's pretty traumatic watching that. So I hope everyone who was in, in the ground is all right watching that, as well yeah. as Derek's family. It's yeah. one of those things you hope you never have to see, mm. um, ever in your life. Um, and so, because it's not something that civilians like us see every day, the ambulance people will obviously naturally see people, and doctors who will see people who aren't. Are in the worst part of their medical life. 
but for someone like us who don't get to see that, mm. it, it, it can be quite traumatic. So I think the club have tweeted saying, if you do need to speak to somebody, there is a charity called Mind, who you're probably well aware of, guys. Do do speak to someone if you have been affected by it. It's okay to, to not be okay, but make sure you do speak to somebody. Reach out to someone and, and have that conversation. Don't, don't suffer uh, on your own. These circumstances are not an everyday occurrence, so it's not like we're built to deal with them. Um, so let's move on then. Thursday the 5th of October, the club did announce that they would be commemorating the life of Derek Reynolds in the forthcoming home fixture against Reading, with members of Derek's family in attendance as guests of the club and would be leading the teams out. Someone from Derek's family would be leading the teams out of the tunnel shortly before 3pm, with his family inviting all supporters, as well as both sets of players and staff, to partake in a period of applause shortly before kick-off to celebrate his life. Yeah, so moving on into Friday the 6th of October and in the morning the academy were in action. They played against Barking FC. They won the game 3-1 and started the match with a minute silence for Derek Reynolds. So well done to the Amos there. Good win. Congratulations guys. On Friday, well done. Yeah, so the main event of the weekend was Saturday the 7th of October which was Reading at home and as always on a Thursday night we start our Twitter poll to find out how you think the O's are going to get on in this one and after 417 votes 10% thought we'd lose, 17% thought we'd draw, and a whopping 73% were right and thought that we'd get the win. So thanks, as always, to everyone who cast their vote. That's an overwhelming, again, majority against a team who were relegated last season, but obviously their off-the-pitch troubles have been well-documented. And they have been, I guess, in slight free for them in the relegation places, weren't they, going into this one. So at 2pm, the team was announced with Sol, Brunning Goal, Ed Turns, Brandon Cooper, Dan Happy... And Rob Hunt at the back with Jordan Brown, Idris El Mazzuni and Max Sands in midfield with Theo Archibald, Rousa Tui and Joe Piggott up top. And on the bench was Howe, James, Sweeney, Prattley, Moncur, Graham and Aaron Drynan. Yeah, that meant the O's were unchanged from the side that lined up against Lincoln on Tuesday. And obviously, you know me, I do like an unchanged <laughs> side. But do you? Yeah, it's never been documented before. And it's great, a great side, I think, that can do a job against a struggling side. Big shout out to the Epstein family as well, who have travelled far and wide to be at this at this game. You obviously weren't disappointed. And I, I, like we said earlier, I like that midfield. Energetic, dynamic, lots about them, good passing. Uh, from what I saw on the you know the Lincoln game, crisp passing to feet, movement, not static and, and giving each other options when they haven't got the ball. So, yeah, for me, very happy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone can argue when they saw that team we would expect anything different, really, for the most part. All deserved after Tuesday. I mean, I think we've spoken about, as a fan, watching that on Tuesday and finding it difficult. I mean, it would have been just as difficult for the players. Obviously, Phil Archibald was really close to it when it was going on. So I guess my only thing was, you know, how are the players okay mm. to play in that? Obviously, being mm-hmm. fairly fairly close to it, so I think you've got to commend the players for being available and, great and working through it. Yeah, great point. Paul Red Rum tweeted us saying, the first half against Lincoln, we played some lovely football, but I can't have Piggott in the team. He's too slow, never jumps for the ball, and he can't hold it up, which is the basics of a striker. Phil Vizi wants a strong line-up, which deserves a second chance following one from Tuesday. But having said that, hard to leave Graham on the bench, and I hope he gets on for a good 30 minutes at least. Len Chin Chin Wan said, in light of the sad event on Tuesday, I'm hoping the team can perform well. Reading could be a difficult team as their league position does not reflect their ability. We need plenty of pace, clinical movement, good defence and goals to be successful for one of our own. That would have been a good team talk, Len. Getting the ground uh, before uh, the matches. So, the teams were led out of the tunnel, like we mentioned, by Derek's son. So, Matt Reynolds led the teams out and then captains Idris Elmazuni and Nelson Abbey 
placed reefs on the East End touchline and a minute's applause was held to celebrate Derek's life. It seemed like it, obviously I wasn't there yesterday, uh, but it seemed like it was a really well done. Yeah, Nelson Abbey is, uh, is mature beyond his years for what he did. He went round and shook each of their hands and I'm assuming offered his, his condolences, but he didn't just take it as, you know, I'll just lay my wreath and do my bit and then move on. He, you know, very, very, yeah, absolutely. Credit. Reading fans were a credit to themselves yesterday. They applaud, uh, applaud when appropriate in that beginning and in the 84th minute um, and they were very respectful, very decent and um, yeah, obviously wish them all the best for the rest of the season with their off-field troubles but I just wanted to make that point that they did themselves an absolute credit yesterday. Um, but Reading got the match underway in front of a packed out Brisbane Road basking in a bit of a late summer sunshine. Uh, actually, it was very nice, shorts and t-shirt weather even in the south stand. Yeah, in October. In October, mate. Absolutely. So, Orient had lots of possession and a few corners that came to nothing within the first 15 minutes. But in the 15th minute, Ed Turns found Theo Archibald on the left. He rode his challenge, got a crossing on the head of Joe Piggott, whose header was tipped onto the bar by Button. It may have not been, but I can't. I couldn't probably probably tell from, it was, the, it, from the replay. It was close. It looked like he got it a finger It was either on the bar or he got a finger Good header, though. And David Button is a good goalkeeper. Make no mistake. That was a harder chance than the one he plays over on Tuesday. Was <laughs> it the bar? I think that's why everyone's getting a bit it wound was. up. Yeah. yeah, it was. Some lovely football from the O. Saw another superb Theo Archibald cross in the 17th minute. That was met by a reactive Joe Piggott. Again, got an outstretched foot to the ball, but Button pulled off another superb save. Two glorious chances here. I thought Piggott was unlucky there because I don't think he expects the ball to come to him because yeah. it comes through a defender's legs and he's got to stick out a leg very quickly. I'll give Piggott the benefit of the doubt on that one yeah. because that's a, that is a very good save. He'll so unlucky that. there. Yeah, no worries, Joe. Give me the fiver after. Third opportunity for the O's came three minutes later as Ralph Satuyu couldn't guide the ball home as the ball went wide off the far post after yet another good Theo Archibald cross. I think it's no uh, theme here. Theme to say that Theo Archibald was absolutely smashing Fantastic. on the left. <laughs> Fantastic crosses that he put in yesterday. It'd been coming though, uh, as we just mentioned, three good chances in the 26th minute. Jordan Brown fired Orin ahead after some good play. Saw the ball spread to Rob Hunt, who I thought had his best game for Orient from what I've oh, seen wow. in a while. Rob Hunt was okay. tremendous, yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the right, his cross wasn't dealt with by the Reading defence. They couldn't clear it, and the ball fell nicely. Came out to the oncoming Jordan Brown. His strike beat Button as he put his foot very nicely through the ball, and it nestled into the bottom corner of the net through I think quite a few bodies as well. Actually, he's kept that low and hard, and it's beaten Button because obviously Button's seen it late. Uh, to make it one nil to the op, uh, to the Orient, and you know we've been far the better side. We've had loads more possession than them. We've had some really good chances, and actually, I said to some, I said to Darren, I said it's going to be one of those games. Like we've had three good chances, we've not put one away. They're going to get one chance, <laughs> score it, and sit back and put eleven behind the ball. You watch. Thank God I was wrong. I, I love being wrong sometimes, and that is one time I I, I love being wrong. Put his laces for that, didn't he? Very sweetly. No keeper was getting that beautiful strike. Hit that beautifully well. Good to see Jordan Brown get his first goal of the season. He only got, I think, one last season, and that was on the last game of the season. Over to Bradford. Yeah, so right. he's already off the mark. So lovely stuff there. So the others won up, and on a half-hour mark, Richie Wellens was forced to make his first change of the match. Unfortunately, Max Sanders hobbled off the pitch and was replaced by George Monker, so hoping Max is okay. Yeah, a minute later, Sol Grimm was forced into his first save, and then his second save a minute later from an effort from Ballard. Seems that kind of Reading have got their towels up. I kind of feel that maybe the, the dynamic of the midfield changed when, when Max went mm. off. Um, so Reading starting to try and 
get themselves back in this game. Yeah, and they did in the 34th minute as they got their equaliser after a cross from our right was met at the far, well, in the centre of the box by Ballard. His header hit the far post. Tyler Binden put his leg out, managed to make contact with the ball, which ended up crossing the line as it rolled into there by Brandon Cooper and Sol Brin flat-footed. And suddenly, from being very comfortable, it's one off. That ball moved in slow motion across <laughs> that line. As we watched it, I'm thinking, Brin's going to get there because he's going to realise and he's quite fast with his reflexes. Or was it Turns or Turns or Cooper? One of the two, I can't remember exactly, um, on reflection. Um, I'm thinking, all right, no, you're going to get it. Someone's just got to deal with it. Just just someone do something and it just literally just trickled over the line. It's like <laughs> one of those face plant moments. Bit of a poor goal to, to, to consider. Uh, I think it's poor from the aspect of when it's met uh, by the head of Binden. Like, yeah, and he's hit oh, sorry, the, hit the by post. the head of Ballard. Ballard. Ballard's got acres of space in between the two centre-backs. Like, no one near yeah. him. But, you know, you could tell how important that goal was for Reading because <laughs> they celebrated it. Yeah, massively, and obviously, yeah. it's, I think it was Binden's first league goal in the EFL. It could have been worse for the O's in the 42nd minute as Solbrin has to get down well to make a save from Nibs after a swift counter attack from yeah. Reading. Decent save, but yeah. he, he should have scored that. He, he should, should have, have scored should, that. should have buried that. 100%. Didn't, didn't make the most of that at all. A bit of a warning for us, mm. really, to, to not rest back on your laurels, so to speak. Five minutes of added time were played out, and apart from Brandon Cooper heading wide from a corner, there wasn't really much to report as that half ended even. At one all, yeah. Attendance announced this one at eight thousand six hundred and thirty-nine, with the away end packed out with twelve hundred and fifty-three Reading fans making the journey in the October sunshine. And that lo- it looked like there wasn't a spare seat in the house, yeah. other than what they can't put in the east stand. It looked absolutely packed, seat for seat. Oh, fairly close. I guess it's probably one of the closest away games Reading will have this season well, on a Saturday Ox- three o'clock. Oxford, Bristol, yeah. But yeah. other than that... Well-supported team though, aren't they? Well-supported. Absolutely. 1,200 terms in They're in trouble. The fans are galvanised, I think, together against their dodgy owner. As they should do. We've been as there. they should be, yeah. We've absolutely been there. Fia, the Wyvern tweeted, that's half-time. said, not sure bringing on Moncur is the right one. Would rather have had Prattley or Graham. Popular32 said, I think Graham would have been the better option. Sanders was playing fairly wide, so Graham would have been like for like. That's yeah. that's a good point. Matt Sanders was playing wide right, and he gave us that outlet, and he didn't let their fullbacks up the rest. Pitch. Yeah, yeah he's okay. playing further up. Good shouts there from those guys at half time. No changes for those at the break, as we've got the second half underway and two minutes into half. Some good work down our right. So, Rob you in behind the defence, he squared the ball to Joe Piggott. But Joe couldn't make contact. He should have done much better there. I think he'd be really disappointed. Who's that, Royal or Piggott? Uh, Piggott. What, to not make contact? Not make contact, yeah. I think, I might be being a bit harsh, but I think think he'd be disappointed that he didn't do better there. 56 on the clock then, a superb ball over the top from Jordan Brown, found Royal Sotiriu. He found Joe Piggott, whose header was blocked by Dean, with shouts of actually a handball from the south stand that went unnoticed. And uh, we end up winning a corner that came to nothing. Harley mm. Dean sort of tapping his chest to say that wasn't a handball. That was that was my chest. Was it his chest? Hard to say. Okay. Hard Fair to enough. say, but you got a shout. Absolutely. Didn't make the highlights of presuming nothing of that. 61st minute in. Rob Hunt got a book in for some argy bargy. I love that. Off the ball. Off the ball incident. Yeah. Unne- unnecessary from Rob. <laughs> uh, Four minutes later, chance for the O's as a corner came out to Theo. His delicate cross found Joe Piggott, whose header came to Ruel and he missed the ball which bounced into the hands of Button. You're just like, make contact with that and that's a goal. Just couldn't do it. Make contact please and we are 2-1 <laughs> up. Unfortunately he didn't and 
Yeah, I'm not sure about the changes that Rich has made. I, I thought, Hang on, it's not, it's not made them yet. You're oh, sorry, ahead. I'm skipping ahead. But I thought, I thought Ruel was going to... I thought that was going to be it. Well, that was it for three players. Triple change, like you said, Bidded Lejande, Joe Pickett, Rob Hunt, who obviously just got booked, and Dan Happy off on came out and Drynan, Jordan Graham, Tom James. Good subs there to bring on. Shows you the strength of the squad, but you're saying you're not sure about those. Yeah, I, I didn't get why... Dan Happy was replaced, or Rob Hunter. Joe Piggott, I can understand. Hunter just got a booking. I would imagine might be arguably played. that's for safety. Yeah, arguably, I but imagine. he was having his best, his best game for us. I thought he was really good. But yeah, fair play. I guess Maybe when you got Tom being rested. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you got Tom James, it's literally like for like, like it's a round peg in a round hole. What for Dan Happy? No, Tom James for Rob Hunt. Right. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And Happy, I imagine, might have been carrying something. Only for the fact that he obviously, we spoke about the Lincoln game where he went down for quite a while and maybe he wasn't 100% fit. Is the only right, thing yeah. that I might be attributing that to. And obviously within that, Aaron Dryan and Jordan Graham, that's not a straight swap. Obviously, I presume Jordan Brown or someone dropped back or turns was moved to kind of accommodate that change there. Yeah, I can't remember. Absolutely. All right, so 71st minute in, following yet another save from Button. After some good work from Jordan Graham on the left, some some sensational work from Jordan Graham on the left, actually, to be fair. He has mounted another attack, and Ralph Satori was played through by Jusomazuni, and from a tight angle, his shot smashed the crossbar. I guess at that point, you're thinking, it ain't going to be our day. Mm, absolutely. It's been quite exciting over the last uh, 10 minutes. Both sides creating opportunities, but neither capitalising. I thought that was one of those that he scored from tight angles where he had no right to Real. score. Last season or the season before, maybe it was. Do you remember? And he's in the same goal, same position. He's gone far wide, but ended up somehow managing to squeeze that in. Um, and I just thought, you know, it's just literally, it's just hit. You can see it on the on the highlights. It's just hit that, the bit where the upright meets right. the crossbar. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those, isn't it, really? Um, Theo had the last chance uh, in the 81st minute of the shot that Button comfortably held in the 82nd minute. Richie Wellens ended up picking up a yellow car for being outside his technical area, apparently. Yeah, that's I mean, what the I yellow car was for. Is it, Why? Why are they? What's the, like he's been out of his te- like manager's been outside the technical areas before. It's just it seems silliness. That, it seems every week Richie Wellens is booked. <laughs> but I don't, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to make anything out of it. But I'm pretty sure the last two or three games he's he's picked up a booking at some point in the mm. match. Whether that's because he's Malman off to someone or taking a linesman something or being out of his technical box or whatever but he's got to lead by example like I don't I, pres- I, pres- I don't even know I'm sure someone will know who's listening to this podcast if Rich Williams gets five yellow cards does he get a one match suspension? <clears throat> I don't think so I think that's players Could I, I don't know I've never known I've never known a manager to get so many yellow cards in a season <laughs> serious though mate he must have about four he must have at least four or five yellow cards he yeah. got one last week definitely got, got one got last week and we spoke about his discipline because he he's been booked a couple times in matches for for what he said, I'm sure Martin Strong will listen to this and will we'll either go, no, he doesn't, he doesn't get it. That doesn't make sense for a manager. Yeah. But or run and refugee, so he will know. <laughs> yeah. 80... Or Matt Roper, maybe he will know. Lovely moment in the 84th minute as Brisbane Road came together as one for a minute's applause for Derek Reynolds. Superb. Both sets of fans. Hairs yeah. on the back of your neck up. Yeah. Absolute one Derek Reynolds, all the chance, all the positive chanting. If I was his family, I'd probably be crying. Um, oh, uh, very emotive that. moment. That would yeah. be very emotional. That the whole stadium standing up, eight thousand six hundred people are standing up, clapping for your relative, even though most of them would never have known him, but 
that's not the point. The point is he was one of us. Yes. And because of that, we all stood up, we all applauded uh, with some brilliant chanting from the South Stand lads. Absolutely brilliant who's starting that, who these songs off. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, everyone come together and singing for, for this, this guy who's come to watch his beloved team and never made it home. So absolutely bang on, bang on, on point. Lovely stuff. Lovely. Yeah, really lovely. Really heartwarming stuff. So right on the stroke yes. of the 90th minute, Brisbane Road went wild as a corner was swung in from the left. Button clawing at the ball, not getting there. The ball ricocheted off Aaron Drynan into the six-yard box and George Moncur was sharpest and quickest and he prodded the ball over the line to start absolute scenes as players and fans full of wild celebration as it was 2-1 to the Mighty O's. As good as Button has been in this game, because he's made some brilliant saves. That was calamitous. How was he doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we laugh about it, right? Because we, we score in the last minute and it's yeah. limbs, but if that was Sol Brin on his pocket, we'd be going absolutely crazy at him. But look, you can argue that that was meant to be, right? Because of everything that had happened during the week. So a last minute down. winner yeah. from the most religious man on the pitch, from the, oh, bi- from, wow. from the big monks. Had to be, right? Yeah. Someone from, divine, a, from, a, divine intervention. from a player who yeah. has had a pretty poor season, I think it's fair to say. He's going to get substituted about two minutes after this, which I, I, I obviously wasn't why. there, so I don't know what has happened with that. But had to be Big George. Yeah, had to be, of all people. Absolutely right as well. I bet, I bet obviously, like I said, I weren't there. I bet it was pandemonium when that went It was in. fantastic. I took Theo yesterday. I think it's all a bit new to him still. He was just sat on the... I'm jumping up, like, yeah. And he's just, like, sitting there, sort of looking up at me, like, what are you doing? He's like, what well, are you always doing? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Literally hasn't seen us lose, so... Amazing. So, great moment there. However, it, it, it could have gone horribly wrong. Seven minutes of time went up on the board. Reading really should have equalised, mate. Cross came in from their right-hand side into the path of Elliot, who couldn't keep his acrobatic effort down. From close right, he should have scored that. And Rural said to you, when you look at the build up, he loses possession in the box or he doesn't win the challenge. And he literally just lets his man go past and get the crossing from the right hand side. Really poor, I thought, from Rural. Yeah, I think, again, you look at that and you're like, he should be hitting their man, should have easily hit the target there. We're lucky with that one. But again, I think it was meant to be our day yesterday. 92 minutes on the clock, George Monker came off for Darren Prattley. Now, obviously, Presume Monks weren't injured. Presume he's not limping off. Any idea behind that? Nope. That screams to me that Monker can't that Monker can't give you more than a certain amount of time. On the That's an coach. hour, roughly. Exactly. Yeah. He came around the half That's hour the mark. He's giving you about an hour. Normally, I thought we mentioned this last week's podcast. He came off around the fifty-fifth minute. He's normally been coming off around the hour. Screams that at the moment, whatever it is with George, might not be ready to. Give you more than an Maybe, hour. but for like, what's there, seven, there's only five minutes left. That doesn't make sense. Well. So that's probably tactical to have Darren Prattley coming on, whereas George is a more advanced player, like an attacking player. Darren can sit back and, fair, and soak up any, any uh, issues that, that come off. That, that's the only thing that I can think of. Absolutely. Anyway, didn't turn out to be uh, any impactful on the match. There were no further talking points. The ref blew the full-time <laughs> whistle, brought the game to a close, with the guys winning the game 2-1 to take all three points for Derek Reynolds. So, David Victor spoke to Richie Wernans after the match. We're going to play the full interview. I think it's just under five minutes. So here is what Richie Wernans had to say to David Victor after the game. 
Richie, thanks for joining us. An emotional afternoon and a big result. Yeah, really emotional. I thought the club as a whole today, I thought from the, from the moment that Derek's family led the, the players out to the very, very last steps of the players walked on the pitch and he applauded his family. Um, I think it's a, a brilliant day for the, for the football club. Brilliant day to remember a, a lifelong support, someone who's worked for the club. So um, I couldn't be proud of the whole club. Um, and it just goes to show again we, how, how many good people we've got at this club. And you had to work hard for that win. We did in the end. I think for the first half an hour, it was total dominance. We made a load of chances. We hit the crossbar. There's loads and loads of ricochets in and around their six-yard box. I thought we were really, really dominant. They changed their shape. When they play that 4-2-2-2, it's quite easy to play to play pass. We've, I've watched them quite a little, quite a bit. And when they play that 4-2, it's quite easy to play around. But then the game was once we go one up, they changed a little bit. The press became different, and we're still trying to play. And they blocked us. They blocked us up a little bit. So, you know, we just, we're we're an emerging team. We're still young. We're still a little bit naive in, in certain moments. And tactically, we have to get better while the game is while the game is happening. But I can't I can't be proud of the players. The, the points returned in the last eight or nine games has been has been really really good. So another good day for us. And a special strike from Jordan Brown. I thought Jordan was excellent. He epitomises everything that we wanted to do today. Picked up pockets, switched play, very good in control, uh, so in possession. And then his technique to keep the ball. You see a lot of players go to, to side volley that, they, they skew it over or they scuff it into the ground and it hits bodies. But you know, we know that technically he's a really good footballer. Again, we just want to, we don't want to rush him. We want to produce him and keep him coming along. Once he he learns the, the, the characteristics in terms of a character and the leadership skills and the, and the motivational skills and his vocal skills in midfield, which midfield players need because they're knitted to everything, to every part of the game. I think he's going to be a, a really, a really, really good player. Eleven corners and eleventh caused all sorts of problems. Yeah, we weren't great from our corners, mainly on the delivery, but we got that delivery spot on. Um, and Monks, I'm pleased for Monks because he's not, he's had it hard over the last couple of weeks coming out of the team. But great character, great lad, great person to work with every single day, and I'm pleased that he got the winner. Sure, you'll be disappointed in the manner of the Reading goal. Yeah, I mean, I pride myself on throw-ins and we're in the wrong position. We're too slow. We, we don't work hard enough out of possession. Um, we, get, we allow an easy throw into the striker. We have no screen. The striker then sets out to the winger who has no pressure on him. An easy ball in our box and we've got three centre-halves. You know, I thought, I thought Ballard was a threat today. I think he's sharp, but he shouldn't be winning, winning headers in, a, in around our six-yard box. Um, comes off the post and then the lads obviously done well to, to, to get the rebound in so poor goal from our point of view It's not been easy for Max Anders since his summer move and how bad is the injury? Yeah I mean maybe his because he was in a really good rhythm and maybe um, him coming off just upset our rhythm a little bit um, but I think you can see from the time he spent on the pitch especially in that eight roll which is a little bit more advanced his quality in the final third his, his energy um so we're just disappointed. He broke his toe and then he got ill and he's found it difficult to get back in the team. But um, you know, we finally think he's up and running and potential hamstring. What's going to happen? Because he's played so well on Tuesday night. What's going to happen to that uh, match and the result against Lincoln City now? I have, I have no idea. Honestly, it's been, in terms of what happens, is, is the last thing on my mind for the last 72 hours. Um, we leave it to the FL and, and whatever they decide, we respect. Been a tough 72 hours for everybody, the players, the staff, you know, emotionally and in terms of me motivating myself to get going. Yesterday to take the team, I found it really tough. Um, but as I said at the start, when you come in, you work with good people, good staff, 
good players, good people around the club. We lift you, and hopefully today, everybody has been lifted, and hopefully that was a performance and a last-minute winner to live it to, you know, to remember Derek's memory. Changing to next weekend, an international break, but no break for the O's up to Carlisle. Yeah, we we've got Omar who's been called up. We've got Ed Turns who's been called up. Ethan Galbraith doesn't look like he's going to come off the standby list, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, it would be, I don't really want to change the team at the moment because we look fluid in a lot of areas, but um, you know, if that's the case, then we have to obviously rejig things. The one thing we've got is Jordan Graham is so unlucky, he just felt a tight hamstring, we took him out of the team, and he's come on and said, I thought TJ was excellent, we got the game back on our terms. Um, so we have got a big squad, we've got really good, good lads who are training well. If we if we lose a couple, then we're ready to take their spot. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, thank you. Thanks to Dave Victor, as always, for sending that to us. A lot of information now. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said Carlisle away at the beginning when we were talking about the supporters' club coach. I mean, it only takes one more to get called up. I mean, Ed Turns would be a big miss. Omar's not been playing uh, for a while. So if we then lose, say, Ethan Galbraith, who gets called up to Northern well, Ireland. Standby. I don't know what that means. Like, it means if a player drops injured. out that squad, I, I then he could get called up. I wonder at what point, though, you can't be called up from being on standby. Don't no know. Idea. No, no. no idea. I mean, the team will probably travel on Friday as all as usual. Mm. So I would imagine probably until Friday. Yeah. You'd pretty much know by then. I mean, I don't know when their game is. It could be on no, Friday. Same so England's are on Friday, isn't it? So <laughs> I guess we will yeah. see. So league table then, as it stands. So we're not counting the Lincoln fixture as a play fixture, are we? The no, we're not. The Skybet League One um, oh, table place, does include our win. They've for some reason the official Skybet League One table shows us credited with that win against Lincoln which puts us in ninth place but actually as it stands at the moment technically that game hasn't been completed so yeah. therefore doesn't count so we're counting ourselves a play 11 one four drawn two lost five goal difference of minus five and 14 points and obviously we expect as it stands yeah. to hear something this week so Billy John you were yeah. there yesterday let's have it your views what an unbelievable day absolutely unbelievable day the tribute to Derek was impeccable so pleased to see his family being looked after by the club. Reading fans, I've said over and over again, their behaviour and support was absolutely superb yesterday. Credit to their club. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, on the pitch, I think it was a really, really good performance. Superb performance from the team. Um, I think Joe Piggott, Royal Saturia will be disappointed they didn't score more given the chances that were created. Some of Theo's crosses and also, naturally, as we come to know by now, Jordan Graham's crosses are absolutely mm. unbelievable. How he shifts the ball just that extra yard to give himself that extra kind of space to cross the ball in, absolutely superb. So that's that has been absolutely impeccable and, and very much on display uh, in that game. That you know, If you put the crosses in, you, you know, if you've got a good striker, they're going to get on the end of it. At least we're able to do that. If you don't put the crosses in, then you know, it doesn't matter who's in the box. I took my boy, um, still got a 100% record of not seeing us lose. Um, so yeah, absolutely delighted. Very well done to the club, full respect, and uh, yeah, onwards we march. Yeah, I mean, my views are going to be short and sweet on this one. I guess after an emotional and turbulent week, it was nice to see the win and get the win. Done it for Derek, and I think there are lots of tweets alluding to that. I think looking at the players and from the highlights, it's like Theo is really coming into his own now. Yeah. Uh, at League One, they've all looked like he terrorised their fullback. His delivery looked like it was great. Jordan Brown's goal that we've spoken about was fantastic, and I think it's his shirt now to take away. And I don't think he'll lose it now for for a while. We spoke about Moncur needing his goal. 
impact of Sanders has been really good over the last two games and generally very pleased with, with the three points. And Considering where we were after the first five games and where we are now, we look like a, a comfortable League One team as yeah. opposed to a, a promoted League Two team who was struggling to come to terms with yeah. League One. Uh, we've shown now, ourselves, haven't we? we it, match. it now feels all right. Now you're looking at the next couple of fixtures going, Carlisle away. They're struggling. All right. And you go, oh, Barnsley. Barnsley, tough. You look at it and going, it's not as bad as what... Yeah, Northampton won't be so, easy, but... We hold our own, right? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. It's a late night, so you never quite know, but hopefully. Hopefully. Absolutely. So those were our brief views, your views. We had a lot of feedback after this, so thanks to everyone who gave us their views. We'll obviously read a number of them out, but just because we read them, it really doesn't mean that we agree with them. And Dan Alton, 2590, kicks off this week. He said, similar to the Exeter game, we shouldn't be waiting until the final moments to nick it. Far superior side bar in the second half of the first 45. Need to work on being more clinical in front of goal, but that being said, it's three points. Hashtag done it for Derek. Nice tweet. Painting Orient said Sanders has been excellent in both of the games in a difficult week, adding a new dimension to the midfield. Once again, Jordan Graham found crosses from almost nowhere, and the release of tension after the late winner was palpable. Ultimately, that was for Derek. One of our own. Stephen LOFC NUFC said, We were pretty dominant. Should have had the game won in the first half. Everyone played well, but I thought Hunt deserves special mention after some time out of the team. Spot on. You like that one? Yeah. Good Dave one. Brew, 47976911. It's a great result. We ground it out well. Brown, easily man of the match. And I'm mm. sure Derek would have loved it. Yeah. E10 underscore rifles kept it short and sweet and said, All we are lacking is a ruthless striker. Mr. Underscore T82 said, good game, good game. Anything less than a win would have been unjust, but it would be nice to see us more clinical. For our passing and build-up was good, and we created some dangerous situations. Just needed to finish them off. We are probably, though, a bit lucky with the two that hit the bar. Yeah, Richard J. Bourne said it was an emotional day. Great opening 30 minutes, but then we started to go off the pace and let Reading back in. Second half was scrappy, but after the tribute paid to Derek near the end, it seemed to spur the team on. So full credit. It's a good point there about the 84th minute. Yeah. It must have been a, a, an amazing moment to be playing on that pitch in that in the orange shirt. You must have yeah. thought, right, we've got, we've got to do it now. Listen to that. And go forward. It must have been, that. Listen must to have that. been a good driving moment. Yeah, yeah. it's a good point there from Richie. Daniel underscore D4 forced another hard four, but deserved win. No, we need some. We need to make it hard for ourselves. All five of our defenders were excellent, but Brown was simply outstanding. Fantastic yeah. goal, and he ran the midfield playing in that pivot role. Nice to score from the corner, albeit a scramble. Amen. Set piece coach, set right? coach. Yeah, yeah, it's coming off. Tom Davies, <laughs> E17, <laughs> said first half hour was as good as we've played all season, but we lost our way badly when Sanders came off and conceded a poor goal. But we got better again towards the end. Uh, we were the better side. Casey Adams, LFC, said, what a win. Would have been gutted if we didn't get three points. We should have been three or four up at half-time. To think that only a decade ago, Reading beat Man City 2-0 in the Premier League. Come on, you owes us how quickly football can turn on a dime, my friend. Isn't it just? Glenn Gatti, new Twitter handle for me, so welcome to the podcast, Glenn. A result that reflected the effort. Thought Brown had a great game. Well-deserved man of the match. Well done to the club and both sets of fans for what they did for Derek. Yeah, Reading fans, like you said, tribute to their club. LFC, Teresa, it was lovely to uh, speak to you on Tuesday at halftime, Teresa. So football aside, today I felt so proud to support our very special club, full of heart and soul. Hashtag doing it for Derek. Yeah, Duffy Bear said... Duffy Bear, nice, nice to meet you as well, Graham. I'm, I'm, I'm ha- Sorry, David. David, I'm happy we've got... 
Uh, we now know it's Dovey and not Dovey, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Spoke with Jordan Graham's dad after the game. Says the club stats show they are overworking him and that's why he's coming on as a sub. It also says he loves the club. Everyone is so friendly and not all clubs are like that. I think you can tell Jordan Graham is enjoying his time at Orient. We had the pleasure of meeting him two weeks ago yeah, and yeah. he was, you Shrewsbury. could tell, big smile on his face after the shoes, but you could tell he's loving his football. Yeah. At the O's. Adam Reeves too. So I felt like we are at a point now well, we thought we'd be at the start of the season. We are a decent side with a good bench when everyone is fit. I think Richie is beginning to know his best team as well. Close to the playoffs if three points are ours from the Lincoln game. Yeah, Boggs Dollocks won. So congratulations to everyone connected with LOFC on what was a very emotional day. So proud to support this fantastic club. Great win, great spirit and energy. Two downsides, the injury to Sanders and Drinnan's miss at the end. I really felt for him. Can't catch a break. Yeah, is that the one what they showed in the highlights where he's, he's got it and one he on one. kind of just goes the wrong way? He yeah. doesn't know if he wants to put it into a corner or shoot and just doesn't know what happens. All right. Strong O43 says, if my records are correct, I'm sure his records are correct. because <laughs> They always everything. are. George Wonker has become the first player in Orient history to come on as a sub, <laughs> score a winning goal, and then get substituted himself. Martin, you are a legend, mate. Amazing stats. Orient underscore Ed said, that one's for you, Del. Overall, we looked quite good, but in the traditional Orient way, we tried our best to throw it away. The goal we conceded was shocking, but after Tuesday's events, I'll leave it at that. But Max Sanders looks like a great player. He really does. Good good capture there. Boatsy said, what an emotional day. Reading players, staff and fans were class. Huge respect. Great to see Orient get the win. I feel they deserved. Great strike by Jordan Brown. What a technique. My man in the match was Theo. Great crossing. And workmanship. It's good to see. There's a lot of players have been highlighted in these tweets tonight. Hunt, uh, Graham, Sanders, Theo. Brown, Theo. It's like almost half the team who have been named separately for all having great games. And if you get half your team all having great games, then you're going to win more, you're going to lose. Yeah, absolutely right. Ben Whitlock, 13, said, That was Jordan Brown's best performance in an O shirt. I've not always been convinced that playing him with Elmis works, but he ran the show. Great touch, composed on the ball, always available, always on the move, battle hard and had great passing range. Deserved his goal, a man of the match. Probably one of the first matches that El Miz has played and not been mentioned at all in any yeah. kind of post-match tweet. So, final word this week. So normally we have the final word as a great summary. We kept it really short and sweet with the final word because it just encapsulated everything about the week. That's from Seb Kane, who said, For you, Derek, may you rest in peace. Amen. Do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out? Let us know what you think. You can tweet us. We're at Orient Outlook. We're on email if you're not on social media. We're orientoutlook at outlook.com. We're also on Instagram. We're orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. And we're also on Facebook. You can search Orient Outlook podcast and you can send us a message there. You certainly can. So Prediction League update. So we ran the Prediction League yesterday and had an awful lot of winning predictions. So we're not going to mention all of them because there was lots. So well done if you predicted 2-1 and got three points. We will shout out though Jack Will 2310 who predicted 2-1 and one of the scorers. So he got four points. Meaning the top of the prediction league is as follows. Yeah, Charlie underscore Paul leads the way with three. Uh, sorry, 13 points. Three clear of Doe Lewis, Iceberso and Paul Gregory. Nine points. Uh, just behind them is Dave Brew four seven nine seven six nine double one. So thanks to everybody who tweeted us their prediction. And just to remind you, the prediction league is available to be sponsored. That is a tweet that goes out three hours before every game, uh, and it gets thousands of views. So very very good publicity 
for you if you're looking to promote something. Absolutely, it goes far and wide. And if you're looking for yourself on the Prediction League table, get yourself off to our Facebook page where you can find the table in the full. There are a lot of Orient fans who have got correct predictions this season. So have a look. You might find your Twitter handle on there. So moving on to today, Sunday the 8th of October, the ladies team were in action. They were at Camden Town away and we took the lead in the 29th minute for our media before the hosts equalised an additional time in the first half as the first half finished one all. However, the O's weren't to be denied and Wright's goal in the 76th minute proved to be the difference between the teams as the O's were victorious and won the game 2-1. Well done to the ladies, absolutely. So we now have a fancy football uh, update for you. So if you are not aware, we do fancy Premier League uh, com, which Steve runs. I can't bear to do that because I would drive myself absolutely nuts. So how are we looking at the top of the late nor- look? Sorry, the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football. Group? All right, I can tell you, although the table hasn't updated since yesterday at twenty one eighteen. So Glenwood is top of the league or currently top at five hundred and fifteen points, followed by Brandon Pitcher on five hundred and eleven points. The points from today's game will be going on the table shortly. And as it stands, I'm having a shock. It's still 317th out of 374 oh. players. Okay. So... Just need to get it into the twos now. Yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Um, but like Paul said, we do it. If you want to join us, you can do. Just give us the DM and we'll send you the code to uh, 57 minutes, Mr. Levy. So yeah. bad boy wrapped up. Absolutely. So we kick off uh, the end of this with the positives. Uh, and the negatives, I'll kick off with the positives. Performances against Lincoln and Reading have both been uh, very, very encouraging, very good performances. Uh, the win against Reading is obviously a uh, positive, and Jordan Brown's goal, absolutely superb. I'd add another fourth in that Joe Piggott's managed to, to get one uh, as well. Although maybe as, not. Oh, maybe or maybe not, yeah, that's true. Scrap that one. <laughs> <laughs> negatives in, I mean, obviously the biggest negative, go without saying, was the passing of one of our own, Derek Reynolds, on Tuesday evening. Also, we've got the Max uh, Sanders injury. Hopefully, Max is okay. And we'll also put a negative down as possibly having to replay Lincoln again. Yeah. Obviously, 83 minutes were gone. I think it's unprecedented. A lot of people talk about the Scunthorpe game getting abandoned in the 94th minute, but that's completely different circumstances. Yeah. That was a National League game, and that's what the weather permitting. This is a completely different set of circumstances. So, the possibility of having to play those 90 minutes again where we were leading... One nil. I mean, what do you do? Or even what do you do? Do you start from the eighty fourth minute? Do you do it behind closed doors? Do you, where, 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 exactly. No right. idea how you. No idea of how you would even. Are you going to make Lincoln travel all the way down to London to play six minutes plus injury time? But so, bear Seven in mind, bear in mind, if they do right and they get an equaliser, and that point is the difference between a playoff place or between thirty and twelve or a league place. That point suddenly becomes massive. So I don't know. I've got no idea how they're going to do it. I mean, if you start in the eighty third minute, tactically, it's, how do you how do you even start? You start Tact- from the centre ta- circle. No, but tactically, how do you do it for Richie Williams? If you're holding a one 0 lead, what do you do? Do you go? All right, you're, if it's a third, you've not replayed eighty three minutes. Well, you've got seven minutes. Got eleven. Crazy, minutes the ball, right? Counter. No he, idea. He'd never do that. He'd go. No he'd, idea. He'd, he'd play that sensibly. But anyway, lots of food for thought there. So let's move on uh, to hero of the week now. So our hero of the week, we were unanimous uh, about this, and the winner this I mean, week, or the the, the 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 person we are going to proclaim and, yeah, and give I mean, this to. It's a very difficult one for us this week. I mean, I think we spoke a lot about if if even it's hero, even the right word for it. But you know. I, I, 
only ever going to be one person who we're going to give this to this week. I don't think a drum roll is really adequate for this one. But Derek Reynolds, may you rest in peace. I think it's I think it's worth shouting out though everyone who was involved on Tuesday night, whether that was fans trying to make stewards aware, whether it was the two fans who got themselves onto the pitch, whether it was the medical staff at everybody the facilities. Involved, really. Yeah, could have been so many people. Um, but a very difficult week and obviously very hard a hard conclusion to come to so next week's fixtures be the yeah there. we're obviously away at Carlisle next week uh, they're 19th in League 1 at the moment they beat Bolton Wanderers 3-1 away this weekend bit of a coupon that, that one. is a great result for them yeah unfortunately for us we're just about to play them so <laughs> if you are going on this very very long trip have a safe journey tweet us before during or after the game we're always keen to share uh, fan experiences on away day so do that for us absolutely so before we finish this one do not forget if you want to get in touch with John and any of the team at Carol Langley Flores you can do it you can give them a call on 0208 529 4130 or you can get in contact via social media Carol Langley for on Twitter Instagram Carol Langley Flores and on Facebook at Carol Langley Flores so thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode 331 in a week that's been very difficult for all of the Orient family as we lost one of our own. We do send our condolences to yeah. the Reynolds family. On the pitch, though, the players did us all proud against Reading as we ran out 2-1 winners. And it's fair to say we are progressing with a side who looks sharper, more on the front foot, who are passing and moving with great purpose. Carlisle will prove a tough test next week, especially having beaten Bolton away. But we hope to be here next week talking about another win from the Orient Outlook Podcast Towers in our next episode. Yeah, so if you're listening on iTunes, you can subscribe. And if you're going to subscribe, you can also give the podcast a five-star review. If you're listening on Spotify, you can give us a follow. You can also rate the show. You can even leave a comment against each episode, which would be lovely for us to see. And if you get the chance, whatever podcast provider you're on, make sure you give us a follow. And that way you'll have all the episodes downloaded for you as soon as they're available. If you're not on any of those and you're doing smart speakers or whatever, you can find us on Alexa's, Echo's, Amazon's, Fan Hub, YouTube, you name it. If you look for us, we will probably more than likely be there. So if you have an old relative, a loved one, or an Orient chum you think will like the podcast, if you're going on the long journey uh, to Carlisle with your mates, grab their phones, download the Orient Outlook podcast for them and enjoy your journey. And don't forget to pass the pod Absolutely. So we'll be back next week with episode 332 with all the information, all the views you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, please keep calm, stay safe, have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.